It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corn Podcast. I am your newly sort of shaved and clean host, Mr. Jerry Clem, alongside another cleaner shaved guy, Mr. Matt Rodazzo. Boys, all of our beards looking nice and clean tonight. No more raggedy looking shit. Even though I like in the AFC Richmond hat there, buddy. Thank you. Gotta believe. <laughs> no, my Eagles got our Eagles gotta believe. Um that's okay, I believe. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, wild weekend. I literally just titled the intro to this show. Wow, this weekend was rough for a lot of people. Um, obviously, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room first. Let's eat a potato chip because I have no self discipline. <laughs> Boys, how you doing? Ah, I've seen better days, Lois. Better days. Best way to put it. Um, you want me to address the Eagles right now? I'm not gonna. I'm just no, gonna we're not. We're not talking the Eagles for at least first half hour. GTA God, six we can... trailers Ooh. out. I can't wait. Matt, you got it on the head. Amazing. It looks like live footage. It looks yeah. amazing. There's some uh, points in the trailer where you can see it's like clearly a video game, but then there's just other parts where like there was like the women in the car and everything at the club. And I'm like, this looks like they literally filmed some Miami shit. And so let's just throw it in the trailer. But no, it was all fucking CGI shit. It really looked like real people. It literally looks like in a real life movie. Um, also think, cause we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, just Florida in general. If you, I saw something, I think it was on TikTok or I forget which platform it was, but if you just Google Florida man and then your birthday, you'll just see the wildest shit come up. I got to find this shit. Like I, I did it for me. I typed in Florida man and then my birthday. And then the first article comes up with like Florida man, um, takes a jog all the way to Myrtle Beach shirtless. That's hilarious. Just just jogs for miles. Yeah, miles. with the he said he's holding an American flag. It's hilarious. Oh, I'm totally here for wow. that. <clears throat> I think I'm trying to find mine. It sparks curiosity, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I, I already know Florida Man's a meme, and the fact they made an actual um, a video game basically off the premise of Florida Man makes me so excited. Um, everyone who knows me knows I play GTA Five way too much. Um, GTA Online was literally I would just spend hours grinding. It was probably the one video game besides like Call of Duty. I was like where I would grind and just work hard in it. Um, I'm excited. You know what the problem is? I'll be almost 30 years old when this shit happens. So it's still gonna be worth it, man. Oh, totally. Oh, I have years since GTA 5 got released, 2013. Like I was, I was 13. I was just, I just became a teenager. Like I feel like I'm just going through a like. Just grow up. Seventeen or eighteen? When did it come out? Eleven? Oh my God, you were 13. thirteen in two thousand thirteen. Jesus, I graduated high school, started college. Yeah, me Mount oh, Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy, like how the ten years, like what that difference made, and the quality of the trailer of that game compared to the one we've known and played for years since. It's just insane. It perfectly depicts like stereotypical like wild Florida people. To a T, oh like the God. guy mowing the guy mowing the lawn to all the fucking face tattoos and these like shirtless and everything. I'm like that. Yep, sounds about How, right. Can we all talk about the woman holding the two hatchets in a nighty. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've I all had that, that. In there, right? I gotta go back and look at that, dude. I saw I, they... I saw these nice cars and I'm like, okay, Miami, Miami. But you already knew. You like they already had they had donks and shit too. With the everybody doesn't know what a donk is. God, um, that is imagine, a imagine. that is a. Usually a older muscle car, usually what in the 60s, 70s range, maybe 80s, with enormous 24-inch rims. And it is it's honestly kind of a cool style. I mean, um, it sounds beautiful. It, it actually is gorgeous. Like it's a cool South Florida thing. I actually kind of love that's a thing. But yeah, I don't know. Um nobody would buy it except Jared and myself and everybody else in Connecticut. But imagine if they did a GTA like Connecticut edition. Like it'd be probably the most boring game Bridgeport, you could ever New Haven. <laughs> Then yeah, it'd be like, Bridgeport, New Haven, Hartford. Like, which feel? Yeah, you'd go to like Bridgeport, New Haven, Norwalk, Hartford, New Britain, shit like that. It'd I've be, it'd be pitch, interesting. I've been trying to pitch GTA Philly for ten years now. Yeah, it's not see, a big enough that would be good. Yeah, imagine like, to, imagine say, going into like fun. um. Going into Pat's and like Geno's or whatever it is, Max's and Pat's like Steakhouse, whatever the fuck those uh, stereotypical, um, those uh, the ones right. that everybody got to go to, but everybody in Philly's like, don't go there. Like, imagine yeah. just tearing this up in GTA. Yeah, just like just being a fucking menace to society at an Eagles game. Yeah. A heist oh, wait, at the that's, link. That's Christmas Sunday. Yeah, dude, I would, like a heist at the link, that'd be awesome. Like robbing the Cowboys team bus? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, throwing batteries at it. Snowballs and shit. Jesus. All right, so we got to talk about the elephant in the room, boys, because it is like we actually had like some of our teammates here at Belly Up start up like shows because of this stuff. So we have to talk about it. College football playoff. And for the record, I think they got it right. And let me explain. So my boss, who is a fan of the show, shout out to my boss at Delgado, so Mike, um, watches the show every week. And he walks in my office this morning after a meeting, start chatting football. And he, he asked me, he goes, so what'd you think? And I'm like, that was the exact four I had going in. He goes, really? I'm like, yeah. Um, Florida State had an amazing season. Can we just start off with that? Like they had a, fun, a great season. Arguably their best season besides in the last two decades, besides their 2013 year. 
obviously is better because they won the damn thing. That being said, it's the best four teams. Not the most deserving, not the teams with the four best records, the best four teams. This is not pro football. This is not where standings decide who goes in. Okay? This is not where the seven and this the uh seven and nine Washington Foreskins make it over like a much better Dallas Cowboys or New York Giants team. Or some wild card team that misses the playoffs because of a, a tiebreaker. They're two different scenarios. So first off, to any schmuck who says this is imagine if they, they let teams in the playoffs because of backup quarterbacks and start giving out pro examples like Brady, Nick Foles, Jeff Hostel, whoever the guy who won the Super Bowl was for the Giants back in the day when Phil Sims got his whatever broken. Stop. It's not the same thing. It's apples and pears. Close but different. Same sport. Same fr- same like it's a bowl of fruits, but they're different. You get what I'm saying. It's not the same thing. I get why Florida State's fucking mad. They have every right to be fucking pissed. But I'm sorry. You put Alabama against Florida State, Florida State loses every time. It's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, especially because Jalen Milrow started to find his stride. Like, I actually might pick him over Michigan. Straight up. And here's the thing. You put him against Georgia. Listen, if they beat Georgia, then I will eat my words right now and say, listen, then you have an argument. Problem is, Georgia might walk in to the Sugar Bowl and kick their head in. Okay? Or whatever bowl game they're playing. Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, whatever the fuck it is. Oregon might beat Florida with Jordan Travis healthy. Washington would. Michigan would. Texas would. I can keep going on the list. They're my eighth best team in the in the league. I said this back when Jordan Travis was healthy. I watched the same team with a healthy quarterback almost lose to Miami who was playing with a backup freshman. And it came down to one throw. They beat a Louisville team who literally had a functioning moron at quarterback. This man was a walking turnover. I would have rather had Johnny Menzel's hungover ass in there. I'm an ACC fan, so I know this shit. Florida State's a good team. They're the best team in the ACC by a mile, but they did not deserve to go. They did. They were on the feet. Congratulations. You played LSU early. You played Clemson. Oh, boy. Clemson, who lost like four horrible teams, one of them being Miami. Oh, you beat Louisville? Congratulations. It took Louisville, two guys running to each other to beat Miami. It They lost to Kentucky. You're like all their wins have a have a yeah, but that's not a national championship contender. We learned this lesson last year with Texas Christian, who I rooted for, and Cincinnati the year before, who I rooted for. The underdog's fun. Yes, I'm a Miami fan, but objectively, I look at it from this standpoint. If I am trying to sell this playoff, if I am marketing this playoff, yes, there's money involved. Yes, the, the, I guarantee money and marketing came into this decision, but it's not. The most deserving, it's the best four teams. And if there is a doubt, Alabama will get that doubt. Or Georgia will get that doubt. Or Michigan or Ohio State. You've got to get past that doubt. That's how you beat. That's how you get in. Yeah, I mean, I... Oh, go ahead. uh, Last thing, I'm sorry. No, you're good. 
Ross Tucker, Mike Greenberg, Booger McFarlane, I understand where you guys are coming from, okay? I understand. Florida State should be a, a, should be horrified. They should be offended. They should be hurt because they had a great season. But so should have all the five, six, five and six teams the last five years. You're not different. This And the fact that they're talking about sitting out the bowl game, the fact they feel like they're robbed. I'm sorry. The SEC champ made it. Texas made it because they beat the SEC champ, and their only loss was to a good Oklahoma team. Working on the last throw. Michigan and Washington both steamrolled everyone they played or beat them by at least five or six points. And they... Like they both played in loaded better conferences in the ACC. It sucks, but it's the truth. The best four teams made it. You want the best six teams? I don't even think I would still put Florida State in there. I put Oregon and Georgia over them. Just telling the truth, man. From what I watched Florida State six times this year, I never once said this team's a national championship contender. Never. When we played Miami, boys, what did I tell you before the show? When we I picked them, I said, "Listen, this Florida State team is vulnerable. They are not as good as their record is not as good as they ranked." And I knew they weren't making the playoff. The only way they were making it is if they smashed whoever they played the ACC title game, and they were one of the few undefeated teams left, and everyone stayed healthy. Two of those things didn't happen. That's all I'm gonna say. It's it's, it's sorry. It's the hard truth, man. Jerry, why you have a beer gut? I eat too much junk food and I drink too much. Facts. Florida State played shitty teams. Facts. Oh, my God, LSU, who didn't even finish this year ranked, right? Or they're, like, bottom end of the top 25. They're they bottom losses? end. Yeah, yeah they three. three or four losses. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, you whooped them. Congratulations. But that was your most impressive win. It was the first week of the season. I guarantee you guys played in midseason. They would have killed you. That's true. It's the truth. All right, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna drink the rest of this monster seltzer and relax. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna dive in like super deep, but because I do agree with you're saying 100. percent But I saw an interesting. Um, I saw like an interesting text on Twitter. It was like somebody said, "Imagine if the NFL took the Eagles out of from postseason play in 2017 because MVP candidate Carson Wentz got hurt." So I guess they're connecting it to. Jordan Travis, him getting hurt. So that means they'd be stripped out of playoff contention. But you're right, though. They haven't outside of – I mean, I'm not going to say LSU is a great team. But, like, outside of that, like, they haven't really played anyone. Like like you said, dude, Bama, Bama, Washington, Michigan, Texas, they've all played teams that were in contention. They've beat them. And maybe they have, like – pretty sure, like, two of these teams have, like, at least a loss. But, like, it's the teams that were – you know, good. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I get why Florida State's crying, but like they don't really have much of an argument over these other three or four teams. Um, That's what I'm saying. They yeah, literally, just, they have, they, they should have the right to be upset. You hit the nail on the head, and yeah, you're right. If it, it got extended, extended to six, Oregon, and what was the last one you had? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia just lost to Bama. You know, they were undefeated coming in. Georgia, um, I think, might beat Florida State by 40. Yeah, I don't – they they won't be able to compete with these SEC schools. And plus, they're imagine not, they should, they're not built for it. 
They're they not. have good skill position players, but this is the problem. Strategically, they're not built to beat these teams. They don't have good pass rushers. They don't have they have athletic receivers and they have good they have good running backs and a good quarterback and they get a couple calls here and there and they have athletic defensive backs and they 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 play good they play good ball. You know how you beat or compete with SEC and Big Ten teams? You got big boys in the middle. You win in the fucking trenches. That's how you win in any kind of level of football. You have the best offensive offensive defensive lineman. You know what the best D line in the in, in the SEC ACC? It was Miami. The biggest O-line, I think, was like Clemson or North Carolina or Miami. Like, like Florida State didn't even have, like, the best-ranked O-line o- o- or D-line in their conference. And trenches win championships, man. It's always the, w- what the case is, any level. Yeah. It's and moving the, moving the chain. Yeah. I watched – listen, when I saw Jordan Travis running for his life every other play against four different ACC schools this year, I was like, oh, they're fucked. Because you think Miami's pass rush is bad? Go play Bama's. Go play Georgia's. Go play Oregon's. Washington's looked amazing on Friday. Go play Texas. Seriously, like everyone's ignoring the basic facts. This team was not, they were, this was Washington in the Jake Browning year or Baker or Kyler Murray against Alabama. Like it's not going to end any differently. You think Michigan was going to take it easy? Michigan was waiting to play him because it would have ripped them by 40. Michigan had to play Kurt, that Iowa team, who actually is a very good line, O line and D line, and still beat them twenty six to what three? Mm-hmm. Was it nothing or something? Yeah, yeah, it was a fucking joke. And they had they have one of the best. They produce offensive linemen like it's like you no know, D linemen like it's nothing. It doesn't matter who you got in the middle. It, like Jordan, like whoever their quarterback is at this point is running for his fucking life. Not gonna be able to run the ball. Let's be honest. Like, fuck, I don't understand how this is so hard. Everyone's just getting so up in their emotions. Like, it's just boycott the ball. It's like, oh, grow the fuck up. Sir, I just, it's this whole, this whole, they're, they're making something out of nothing here. Maddie, I know you're killing, dying to say something. No, I just, you know, I'm still obviously getting used to the whole, you know, how college football works with everything with the committees and everything. But I mean, I, I understand at the end of the day, like, it's nice, you know, you're, you're, um, Florida State, you're 12 and 0. And you're like, we deserve to be here. Like, yeah, you, you won 12 games in a row. You you guys are a good team. You deserve to be where you are, obviously. And I feel for them not getting in and everything like that. But at the same time, who's going to tune into Alabama versus FSU? Nobody. Because everybody's going to know we're going to wake up and it's going to be 45 to like 21. It's going to be Bama by a long slide. So I understand they're not putting them in there kind of thing. There's no Travis, um, Jordan Travis. So I get that. So it sucks. I feel for them. Also, Shout out to Florida State was so upset when they didn't get in, but then Alabama got in, and all you hear is you see is little golf claps in the little video. They literally just all clapped like as if they just watched somebody fucking perform a talent show play. But shout out to our boy um, Brent from uh, fourteen twenty. And Brent, to answer your question, Michigan beat Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa, all ranked teams. Just saying. I I am excited though to see Michigan and Alabama. I think that'll be a good game. No, I'm. I'm taking Bama. I was actually funny. I was going to put a future before the Georgia and Bama game. They were plus 550 to win the national chip. Now they're plus, I think, 200 to win. Right, if Chris is taking Bama, I'm taking Bama. So uh, if I lose, he loses. Damn. <laughs> I jumped too early with those picks. It's okay. We all know J- uh, Jared will just make me go first anyways. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, we're Listen, still down I, again. I, I also learned the lesson: never ask my, never ask Josh Mahler for college picks when your gut's telling you something different. I love Josh to death, man, but both picks I relied on him to help me make. I got wrong. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, I tried, I, um, to, I tried to tell him about the Vegas odds with some games, but uh, he was going the opposite way. We'll get into that later. I was sweating the Bama and Texas game, or Bama and Georgia. I was like, uh, fuck, dude. I was like, I really need this upset because those two points are going to be crucial no matter what. Because when you had the Eagles, I'm like, okay, you can see that. And then you took Washington, I think you're upset, over Oregon. And I'm like, well, I like, I need to hit. I need to hit or like, it's like all hopes are lost. Well, now you got, now you're only down on me by one point. I'm on a yeah. skid of biblical proportions. Creeping That's right. Just, just, I'm like the Eagles, man. I needed a wake-up call and a reality check. This is what happens. All right. I was sweating this week because I had to take an NFL gimme, and we all know how that goes last time I took that twice in a row. Yeah. Who'd you take, Skins? No, nah, I took uh, I took Miami over the over them yeah, as over a gimme. Skin, over the skins, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they were dropping a 40-burger on him. I knew the second. Oh, yeah, I was confident. I was so worried. Tyreek broke that first touchdown. I was like, yep, all right, Matt's got it. Well, we got it locked. We're good. No further questions, Your Honor. I, for a goof, took him at plus nine and a half. I was like, ain't no fucking way they don't cover. It's raining. It's nasty outside. And then I just saw Tyreek blow past St. Juice. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I played against him in fantasy. Just oh, I had Debo Samuel in fantasy, so it only hurt half as much. Oh my god, dude! I feel pretty dude, good. I had I... Debo, Mozart, uh, Laporta, Saint Brown, and Jalen. So I just murdered the kid I played. And you know what the worst part I is? Had. I needed yeah. like a couple points for to clinch the number one seed in my fantasy league to. Run it back, baby! And um, oh, by the way, I start off the league. I start off the year like one and three. Let's just put that in perspective here. Oh, I had a Damian Pierce touchdown, fellas. Let's just. I am the, the team of destiny is back. I had a I had an interesting Sunday. So on like Thursday, I traded Damian Pierce and Pat Fryer move to a guy for Kenny Walker because so I was like, all right, I might I might take the hit this week in fantasy because Josh Jacobs is on a buy. All I have is Rashad White in. And I had to pick up like some AJP Ryan. So I'm like, I might, I'm probably going to take a hit this week, but I still have next week as a must win. And if I win, I'm in. So I still have two weeks to win. So like, I'll take my risk and just, I'll have Kenny Walker come back next week. And it'll be him and Josh Jacobs and Rashad White. And I should be fine. So I get a notification saying Brees Hall is out, but Dalvin Cook is in. I'm like, oh shit. So I drop P Ryan. I pick up Dalvin Cook and I throw him in there. And I relook at it and I'm like, oh fuck, that's a Bryce Hall, not Brees Hall. Cause we have a Bryce and a Brees Hall. Not related, but you know, Bryce Brees, it, it tripped me up. So then I that, dropped that, Dalvin Cook. It, it was I was so mad. I read it so quick. So I dropped Dalvin Cook, and I picked up Kenny Gainwell. And then I'm like, all right, well, I don't really know if this is good or not. But I can't pick anybody else up. I drop it because now they're waiver claims. And after I do all of that, the guy that I traded Pierce and Fryer moved to, he drops Pierce. And I'm like, bro, you could have just told me you didn't want him. I would have kept him if you just wanted Fryermuth. Fryermuth wanted him getting him like two points. But at the end of the day, Kenny Gainwell got 7.5, which was more than P. Ryan and Dalvin Cook. So combined, so I was like, I'll take it. But now my opponent has the Jaguars defense 
I have Calvin Ridley, and I'm down by eight points. So I'm hoping for like a two-touchdown Calvin Ridley game, which against this defense with Browning as quarterback, I, I think the defense is going to be on the field a lot. So I'm hoping that I can squeeze a little victory. Hope. There we go. That was, my, right. that was my fantasy debacle. Yeah, Bryce, well, we did have breaking news today in the NFL world. As everybody, you know, we'll talk about the three primetime games because last night the refereeing between the Chiefs game and the Eagles game, both sides of the ball, was atrocious. The Chiefs, you know, listen, if you told me before the week started, the Eagles would get hosed on a couple of calls, and then the Chiefs would get hosed on a, even worse on a couple of calls. I would have said, "Yeah, you, you bugging." There was three blatant holding calls on all three touchdowns that Debo had. Ironically enough, it was only Debo. That IU catch was fifty-fifty a catch, but I'll let that one go. Because, but listen, I knew I knew the second we didn't punch those two those two ga- those two those two field goals in for touchdowns, I'm like, we're losing. I'm like. Yeah, that opening drive was was so promising. I thought you were going to just shove it right down them right in the beginning of the game with the AJ I, Brown's big game, uh, big one. I sensed something was wrong the second we couldn't punch that second one. I was like, "We're fucked." Yeah, I was trying to tell Josh um, Vegas odds wise. I'm looking at this and I'm like, "There's no reason why the ten and one Eagles at home with pretty much everybody healthy with one of the best offenses and defense mm-hmm. combos in the league." What we're missing both of our starting linebackers. Um, in our starting tight end. Oh yeah, that was true. But still, like a high-powered offense and a and a fantastic defense, nonetheless. Like still a solid team, ten and one. Like deserve their stripes. Like at home, three-point underdogs to me was a stretch. I thought even if the line was one and a half, the Eagles should have been favorite simply because they are the home. They're at home, and it's it's just one of those games where both teams are amazing. But like, I kind of got to give it to the home team with this one. It's that close. So I'm looking at the odds. I'm like, Vegas wants you to throw all of your money on the Eagles because they're like, oh, they're going to fall for this trap, and then the Phillies going to, or the Niners are going to get the job done, which is exactly what happened. So everybody lost all of their money on the Phillies, and or the Phillies, the, the Eagles, and the people that took, you know, took less money to bet the line or the spread for San Francisco made out. But it, that's that was Vegas in translation. You know, we're going to get you. We're 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 gonna catch you slipping. Bet all your money on the Eagles, and we're gonna we're gonna just take everything and just make a payday for ourselves. So I could have told you, I was just telling you that was seeing the Niners winning that game solely based off of a betting odds standpoint. I mean, I'm never gonna pay against my boys, especially against a team that I hate oh, and despise. Like it, they, we could have been 45 point under. I sort of picked Philly. Um, that being said, I haven't bet a Jets money line since week, but I always. Well, you guys are the misery company. That that's that's just. I mean, like you guys are in a completely different ball game. We're ten and one. Like, but I will say. So the Shaq Leonard news broke around I think two o'clock today. It was cool. I also got word that apparently it was like Zach Ertz is mulling over going back to Philadelphia, and I'm like mulling over. All right, go. Get in the, like, yeah, you should be. Be like, oh, ten and two sign. Yeah, like you don't even have to be the primary weapon. Like, oh, you go to Baltimore and you get knocked out by Kansas City, or you go to Kansas City and get knocked out by Baltimore, or I, there was one other team was looking at. I think it was um, it was an NFC team. It was like 
Look, my thing is like if you go to if you're not going to be the number one option here, right? In mm-hmm. Philly, because it got her fourth or how, fifth. How are you going to be the number one option in KC with Travis Kelsey? I mean, I get okay. I get Baltimore because you know Mark Andrews is done for the year, but why wouldn't you come back? You're ten and two, best record in the NFC. Might get home field advantage. Saying might, depending on these couple weeks. Um, I don't know. Why you, Why are you look calling up Andy Reid? You never played for him. You only played for Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. You're. 13. It's Zachary's being Zachary. He's always had a little bit of a diva mentality. It's what's always bugged me about him. Yeah. But whatever, man. We'd love to have my you, opinion, Zach. My opinion, there's only two teams in the league right now that I think are heavy Super Bowl favorites. And both of them are the NFC, like the Niners and the Eagles, to me. Like, one of those teams is going to win the Super Bowl. The AFC-wise, I mean, I think anybody can catch the the Chiefs slipping, but I know it's playoffs. Playoffs, the Chiefs are a completely different breed. I don't think the Ravens are going to make it. I don't think Miami's going to make it. I think the Jaguars and the could give them a run for the money. I don't think the Bills are making it. So to me, it's probably going to be either the Jags or the Chiefs that kind of get on the AFC side, but I don't think either of them are going to win it. I think it's going to be Niners and Eagles. So if I'm Zach Ertz, I'm going to the Niners or the Eagles. But I would go – I think he'll get more time um, on the Eagles. I think he'll get a little more looks. Um, Purdy loves Kittle. Doesn't really use anybody else but Kittle tight end wise, unless Kittle's hurt. But I, I think it's just a match made in heaven for him to go back to the, the Eagles because I think the Eagles can run it back and win it this time. Perfect way to end his career. I, yeah, exactly. And it worse did it with a ring. Yeah. It's, Don't it's make like, the same mistake that Sean Jackson did. Yeah. No, I, I agree, boys. Mm, man, you asked to be released from the Rams. They win the Super Bowl. You go to the Raiders. Oh. Well, the Rams still gave him a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, they're classy, but I mean, do you really I mean, like? He qualified for one, so he played like four games, so he qualified. But I forgot I he mean, was on the Rams partially. Yeah, no, it's like, dude, he if he took, I think it was like three million dollars less, it would have been Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson with Carson Wentz in that seventeenth season. That's just That's deep ball heaven. With Aguilar as your a clutch, a good Aguilar as your slot receiver. I saw I saw a tweet where it was like uh it was like one of those like mean tweets that like Jimmy Kimmel does. It's like uh no matter how much money Deshaun Jackson makes, he can't stop shopping at Express. <laughs> no fact. Um so I did want to say one point about the Eagles because everyone's kind of wondering what I was gonna say about it. Um, then we'll get into one sentence game when Matt's ready to rock and roll. I will say this, right? The Eagles needed an ass kicking. They've been rolling with Jalen bailing their ass out for four straight weeks. I don't give a fuck about coming from behind five straight weeks in a row. Congrats. We can win tough games. We needed to get our head kicked in. One to finally teach Rashawn decide that, hey, Nick Morrow is a backup linebacker for a reason. This Christian Ellis kid ain't bad, but he needs some time to cook in the oven. He's kind of like reminds me of a little more a mobile TJ Edwards. Zach Cunningham's a pro bowler. He comes back hopefully next week. Great. Yeah, you got to go get yourself a dog on defense. I love Nicobe Dean, but I worry about this kid's health with his foot. His, he is the worst feet health I've ever seen in my life. But a healthy Shaq Leonard, healthy Zach Cunningham, 
Oh, Lord. That's a good linebacking core. I love Ricks. I love Kevin Byard. I think Slay and Bradbury definitely lost a step, but they're still playing well. But linebacker is where we were getting killed yesterday. Corner wasn't great. But we were, that game was going to be a, a heavyweight slugfest, regardless how it went. But our lack of tackling ability at the linebacker position, coverage ability at that position was killing us last night. So I think I think Darius Leonard, uh, Shaq Leonard, uh, fills a void. Um, to all the people dancing on the Eagles' graves this morning, Niners fans and Niners, first of all, congratulations to the Super Bowl win. I know you guys have been waiting for this for eight months. Hope it was worth every fucking penny. Good job. Play well. Got away with a couple holding calls. Uh, lay hit on a quarterback on the sideline. I don't know why you had to eject our security personnel and bitch boy Shanahan's whining. It's like why he shouldn't be able to taunt our players. Bitch, our fans taunt your players. Like, get the fuck out of here. I can't stand um, Dude, Shanahan, Shanahan is literally the definition of nepotism. He's the, anyway. one of the softest dudes I've ever – he's soft as shit, dude. I can't stand him, dude. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that about our linebackers because on that one route where CMC ran a wheel route. Oh, he had um, he had Ellis cooked. Oh, no, it was Morrow. He had Morrow burned. Morrow, dude, he took him right off. He burned him. He took him right off he the field. He took him straight off the get. But also, yeah. let's be honest, the, the, the defensive and offensive play calling last night was abysmal. I think the entire team thought they were going to just out-physical and dominate and just coast. And they forgot, listen, Brock Purdy's an MVP caliber quarterback. George Kittle's an all-pro tight end. Trent Williams, Juszczyk, McCaffrey, Debo. It's a good roster. It is a good roster. Our offense looked like shit yesterday. That game should have been a high-scoring game. Listen, Bosa and Young and them boys, they play hard. Our play calling was ass. Brian Johnson needs to get his head checked. But... Oh, so let's take. A, let's also like bear in mind that a lot of the, the Niners, man, they 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 play to the whistle. And then some, they're one of those teams. But man, it seemed like every hit they had was just a little harder. Every hit was a little half second late. But you know what? It's okay. Because I told I told my boys a uh, Niners fan this the other day. I told my uh, I told my boy this this morning. Keep that same energy. Keep talking. Keep burying us. We Eagles, the Eagles need to be buried. They need to be written off. The second you give them that help, that energy, that help, like, come on, man. Last year in the playoffs, some people were picking the Giants to upset us last year. They picked the Niners to beat us. Like, what? I mean, listen, we were still the favorites, but then you have the underdog 17 team, man. They were underdogs in every single every single playoff game. I'm with it. Here's the thing. Howie Roseman went out and fixed problem number one. Dallas Goddard's also back this week. Hopefully Zach Cunningham is as well. All right. Run it back in January. We got one more game against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Should be a fun one. And then we get Seattle on Monday night. Then we get Giants and Arizona and then Giants again. And we'll see you in January, motherfuckers. Just, just keep get your popcorn ready. Just, just keep writing us off, like everyone calling us frauds, like Stephen A. Smith saying it take it brings into question the legitimacy of our win last year. Like, shut the fuck up. 
Come on, man. That's just straight clickbait. But that being said, everything on that, everything's clickbait on there. I've I've ranted long enough. Chris, you are also the fellow Eagles fan here. I know Matt's yeah. gonna want to talk about his Jets before we get into the one sentence game. Um sound off, Chris. Any anything I missed here on this Eagles thing? Um, no, you're no, you're right. You're spot on, dude. This team didn't ask kick in. And I wasn't really up. I mean, I was a little upset with some of the plays during the game, but look. You need an ass kicking once in a while. Jason Kelsey said it best. I watched his documentary a few weeks ago. He's like, when you're too comfortable, that's when you should feel uncomfortable because there's no, you know, it's any given Sunday in the league. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you in January, San Fran. I mean, also credited to the Eagles as well. I mean, they've got their 10 and two still number one seed in the NFC and they've got the toughest ranked schedule in the league. And they've just came off a streak where they beat in the dolphins, the chiefs, the bills and the Cowboys. So, I mean, I don't know how I don't, they lost the Niners. Oh, oh, you know, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. You know what I mean? Like they just beat four above 500 in well, besides the Bills, but at the time, above four, above five hundred in the playoff mix, possible Super Bowl contender team. So, I mean, I know you guys aren't worried, but if I was you guys, I'm not worried. I mean, the one you you face like five ranked teams, and you just lost to one out of four. You know, whoop de do. They'll be, be fine. I also want to bring something up. The Philadelphia Eagles played three games in fourteen days. Yeah, yeah. the 49ers yeah. had ten days rest, and now ten days rest for one ball game. I think they had two game. They had two games in a matter of fifteen days. Yeah, and in, four, in in two weeks, two weeks time, we've played three games against three very good opponents. The Eagle, listen, I'm not the only one who saw the Eagles look gassed at the end of that game. They look gassed. Yeah. That defense was shot. They were exhausted. Shout out to Jalen Hurts for coming back into that game, knowing it was already a wash, but he wanted to finish it out anyway. That's what a fucking leader does, man. So you know, not what? even my quarterback and I run into a wall for him. Listen, talk all your shit. We'll see. We'll see the Cowboys on Sunday. Um, 49ers, enjoy your win. We knew we were going to get fucking killed by one of these teams. It was a matter of time. So, you know what? It, it sucks yeah. with the Niners because they were making this to be the Super Bowl. The amount of shit they were talking. Okay. You know thinking, what? Uh, no, no, no. You, you finish because I'm, I'm going to lead into something Hey, listen. It makes good television, boys. I was gonna say, you know what this, uh, you know what we need right now? A little more depression. Can't get, can't get enough depression. You know what I mean? Let's talk about this circus of a organization of a season that the New York Jets have had. Thank you to, to Woody Johnson, to Joe Douglas, to, I would say partially of Robert Sala, mostly Nathaniel Hackett, but. We, so I don't know, man, it's just, it's a lot to unpack and you don't even know where to start. You just start from the beginning, you go out and you realize, listen, this, this franchise literally acknowledged in the off season, we cannot develop a fucking rookie quarterback for our life. Let's go get a veteran. Let's try and fix what we have, but we need to go get a proven guy. They get Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP, a former Super Bowl champion, former MVP, future first ballot hall of famer who that that's perfect. I know he's 40, but you're going to have him for one or two years. I'll take it. But you don't develop a plan B. The whole reasoning for signing Rodgers was not only to have an actual quarterback with this defense, but to groom who you have. That means Zach must sit. That doesn't mean you just throw him in week one for the rest of the year. So you fail to get a plan B. 
Aaron Rodgers goes down in four with four snaps. You don't address the situation at all. You just stay with what you have because because Zach Wilson gives you the best option to win on your roster, which is correct. However, when you don't improve your roster, obviously he's going to be give you the best chance to win because Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon suck. But it was right for them to bench Zach because he was so bad these last handful of games. So now you're four and eight. You've dropped four. You've dropped five in a row. And last year you ended the game on a six-game losing streak. Now you're on a five-game losing streak. Are you going to go 10, 10, 0 and 10 for the rest of the year? No. And it's just the offense, no matter who you put in a quarterback, the scheme is the same. Run, pass, incomplete pass, penalty, third and 19, you get eight yards, punt. It's just the same thing over and over again. Like they have such quick three and outs that this defense, I don't know how they're not fucking just just may like may like, how do you say haymaker and people on the sideline because they're on the field 40 something minutes of the 60 minutes of play. So now you've got Zach Wilson, who apparently is reluctant to come back in and start because he is fearing of injury and he's upset that he was benched. Well, listen, buddy, when you have great games against the chiefs, you have pretty good games against big other teams like the Eagle game and, and the Bronco game and other ones where you actually looked pretty decent. You didn't look great, but you look good enough to win a game. And then you have a monstrosity of these last handful of games. You're obviously going to get benched. We Our playoff hopes are alive, and you're playing like shit, putting up six points a game because the defense lets you put six points up. You can't beat the Patriots, and the Patriots are 2-8. and eight. And you, you, you put in Tim Boy, you put in Trevor Simeon, both fail. And now you're like, Zach, you know what? Hey, you want to finish the rest of the year? You want to show us what you got? Maybe show another team that what you're capable of because you're not going to be here next year. And he doesn't want to start. And then Aaron Rodgers has a conversation with him and says, hey, buddy, this is career suicide. You may want to start. And now he wants to start. And the craziest thing of all is I've always felt like Robert Sala didn't want Zach Wilson from the beginning. And apparently Joe Meningo on the FAN on the sports radio is a friend of Sala and texts him regularly and laid out a six or an eight point plan. And one of the points of the plan was throwing Zach Wilson back in there as a starter, to which he said Sala responded and said, point number three, are you serious there? Or that was in regards to Zach Wilson starting again. So I don't think this man wants or likes or ever wanted Zach Wilson. I think that was a Woody Johnson and Joe Douglas move. Neither of them want to admit that they got it wrong because they picked him with the second overall pick. And here we are four and eight Rogers. I don't see why he would ever come back right now this year because we're four and eight. Why, why would you even come back and play two or three games when you, we can't even get into the playoffs. Now my only solution is do what you were supposed to do, but go draft Jaden Daniels and whatever round you're going to get him in. Let him sit behind Rodgers for a year or so. Go get anybody. Go get Teddy Bridgewater. Go get Jacoby Brissett. Go get Gardner Minshew if he's available. Go put him behind Rodgers. Make Jaden Daniels or whoever the QB3 and let him learn for a year. Because everything he did this year was wrong. It just didn't work. Corey Davis retiring was just the beginning of the end of everything because Adam Lazard su- or uh, Alan Lazard sucks and so does fucking Randall Cobb. Never seized the field. Nicole Hardman should never have been cut. They should have figured out ways to put him into the lineup and throw him the ball. And here we are, four and eight, in this disastrous carousel of a season. And I just am, I can't imagine. It's just insane. Like the amount of penalties this team is not disciplined. They just, team just doesn't care anymore. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how we even, how you even get to this point. It, there was just, it was just so clear that their only plan was Rodgers. And there was no plan if he went down. And they didn't even remotely try to fix the obvious plan in the room. 
And I put a lot of this on Douglas because he's the man who makes these decisions. I put a lot of this on Woody Johnson because he has too much input in this day-to-day operations. Your job is to run the team and just go away. Just go away and run the team. Let Joe Douglas do his thing. Let Robert Sala do his thing. Robert Sala, I you got to put some blame on the coach. At the end of the day, you know, he's representing this product on the field, but you got to put a lot on Joe Douglas because he can only manage what he's given. Robert Sala is not out there calling Gardner Minshew, trying to get him to come over here. He's not calling Josh Dobbs. That's Joe Douglas's job. So a lot of this is on Douglas. A lot of this is on the owner. A lot of this is on the offensive coordinator for never even looking like he even cared to try and fix the offense each week. And then I just, honestly, I just feel bad for Sala at this point because he's the only one meeting the media every single week. So that is just my season and just the loss to the Falcons. You couldn't even score more than 13 points. You, you, all you had to do is just two nothing so bad. I just like, I was waiting for one of those. It's just the most jazz game ever. Imagine that would have been amazing. I do remember one game years ago where we actually beat the Cardinals six to three. I do remember that that was the worst game ever, but my ending argument or my ending point is, the New Jersey police department should start handing out fines and just putting some guys behind bars because it's absolutely criminal to have this amazing of a defense and that incompetent of an offense. I it's, it's actually wild when you put the stats up and you see Adam Gase's offense was actually better than Nathaniel Hackett's offense. It's insane. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's brutal. And buddy, I feel bad for Jets fans because you guys are salt to the earth people, but fuck, that was bad. Um, yeah. We're gonna go. Didn't even go to the game. We only got about twenty minutes. Sorry, we only got about twenty minutes left. So we're gonna do the rotation style. Uh, Each of us get a game. We get it assigned to us, Russian roulette style, uh, one sentence game. Unless there is something you've been dying to say that they miss, which obviously, so these ones won't even be really that time that hard. Maddie, um, you get the games. I get the timer. We'll start clockwise from Chris. On your count, sir. All right, Chris, we'll start with you. I'm going to give you the Seahawks-Cowboys Thursday night game. Um, This was probably one of the best games of the week. Um, Gino looked good. Prescott looked good again. Even I fucking hate the Cowboys. Um, yeah, that, uh, that it was good fantasy-wise because I had Dak and Pollard, so I'm not complaining. Another high-scoring week, so I'll take it. They finally beat a team that's ranked over 500. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give myself the worst game of the year or the year, the, the week. It's got to be the Chargers Patriots game. I don't remember the last time the Patriots are blanked. I don't remember the last time the Chargers won a game and they only put up six points. Um, the last thing I even got on this game is that I feel for all of you, Austin Eckler uh, owners like myself and probably Jared, um, I think I got four points. It just hits really bad, but that, that was just a terrible game. Uh, Jared, I'm going to give you the only game in NFL history that I think was ever rain delayed twice, the Cardinals and the Steelers. I never thought I'd say the car, the, the uh, Steelers miss Kenny Pickett. Holy shit. Mitch kiss and titties. Trubisky is fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> he's so fucking bad, man. I, he made me miss Matt Canada. Holy shit. Forgot about that tweet. <laughs> you know, and the Cardinals. Congrats, John Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Dupe is getting his first win. Congrats. His first God. win away from Arizona. Um, Jokers. All right, there we go. Chris is on the clock again. 
Oh, Chris, let's go down and uh, I'll give you the uh, the Lions and the Saints game. Oh, Lions and Saints. Ah, uh, Goffense, dude. Um, Derek Carr basically died, I think, in like the third quarter of the game, sadly. Um, and then Winston came in and had the most Winston play ever. He just chucked the ball. I forget to which receiver, and it just got it tipped. Olave. Yeah, Olave, and he just took off. But um, yeah, dude, that. I don't know that that game was that that game was really funny to me. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't got too much about it just because the Saints always play like seven quarterbacks each game: Goff or Goff, Carr, Winston, and Taysom Hill. It could be worse. You could be a Saints fan. That's true. Yeah, you know it's uh it's it was it was sad to well, not sad but it's pretty just bad to see that team boo Derek Carr when he relieved Taysom Hill. Because they all know how bad Taysom Hill is as a regular passer, so it's just funny that they they even just boot Carr. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Colts Titans game, a game that I that I thought the Colts were gonna run away with that actually turned out to be an overtime game. Actually, a really solid game between Gardner Minshew and Will Levis. Um, shout out to Michael Pittman. I had him for 50 plus receiving yards. Kind of gave me a little sweat with that. Like, he had nothing in the first quarter, but then he got it all in the second. He literally scored all of his 50 yards in the second quarter, so I was perfectly fine with that. Shout out to DeAndre Hopkins for getting me some decent points in fantasy. Um, other than that, the Titans continue to torpedo. The Colts, surprisingly, Shane Steichen's got this team in a pretty decent position right now. Um, so we'll see if we can they can keep that going. Uh, Jared, let's give you the uh, Dolphins commanders. This game was literally not just because Tyreek Hill and Mo- Raheem Moser and A-Chan are way too fast. This was a fucking boat race. Dude, they, they, like, they, I said it in the early part of the show. When I saw Tyreek bust one for 70, I'm like, all right, this game's over. <laughs> like, shit, man. The Commanders, they play some teams hard, man. But, dude, they just got run. It was, I was, that was a, that was Tua's get back game. Oof. Yeah, that was, uh. That was a rough game for the Commanders. Um, Chris, we're going to go over to you. You got the Texans defeating the Denver Broncos, ending their winning streak. He's getting all the good games today, man. I'm getting pissed right now. This is bullshit. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> loving it. Um, shout out to them. Stroud boys picked up the dub. Uh, Broncos came in red hot. They're about to lose one. Um, also, shout out Damian Pierce. Fantasy sake, if anybody is still starting him. Rip to week. Tank Dell's ankle. It's a foot like Tank Dell's leg, bro. Tank Dell. Oh, the guy we got to replace. Dead. But Oof. Nico Collins is back, though. Nine catches, 191. That's my, that's my dog right there. Average Speaking 21 of, yards each catch. Two-year member if this is going to hurt. <laughs> Speaking of uh, – Ankles. Did any of you guys see that line judge got that got no, taken out by no, Alvin Kamara? God, oh, man, that's God. God. Yeah. That you know what's so bad is that I was I definitely told my wife sometime at the in the in this season that you know one of the one of the things that I always look to see is you look into the background, the player goes out of bounds because you just try and see who gets taken out. You never really like think you're gonna see that. And that was a really bad injury. So I feel for that guy, but too, um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just put myself through it and um, just swallow the pill. I'm, I'm I got the Falcons Jets. I you already heard my five or six minute or eight twelve minute rant on it, but just absolutely embarrassing for a team to only give up thirteen defensive points. Yet you you can't score more than thirteen points to win. You can only get a safety and um, two field goals. So embarrassing, embarrassing. That's just the best way to describe this year for the Jets. Just embarrassment. Um, Jared, we're going to go down. We're going to give you a fun one. How about the Packers upsetting the Chiefs? Um, 
Jesus, the refs were fucking annoying in this game. Um, and I felt bad for the Chiefs, but can we like look at Jordan Love and the fact that he's beaten like three good, two or three good teams in a row, and he's moving the rock around. He's making good throws. I mean, yeah, he's getting lucky. Let's be honest. Like they shouldn't have won last night. That would like the Chiefs should honestly feel more robbed than they did against Philly. At least with Philadelphia, it was more drops. And God, give love to Chiefs fans, man. They weren't bitching about the calls, but dude, they had every right to bitch last night. The refs were fucking terrible. But um, refs win ball games, apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, um, dude, Jordan Love, man, he's playing out of his fucking mind right. Now. I think it was like what nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, the last three games. Throw for over a thousand yards already. It was, it's like fucking insane. I'm like, dude, where the where the hell did this come from? Yeah, where did I don't know where this Jordan Love came from. Start of the year off, I think he was like this is like junior. This is like nine, this is like twenty nineteen Jordan Love when he was actually decent as a quarterback prospect. Yeah, we're gonna uh, all right. We're gonna go over to our last round of games. Um, all right, I'll uh, we got to rip the bandaid off too, Chris. I'm gonna give you your game, 49ers Eagles. Oh, that's just a pure ass kicking. Um, they came in. They 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 killed us. Uh, they they wanted this game for over a year now. Um, they got what they got. But like we said earlier in the show, see you in January. January is a different ball game than December. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the Car- the Carolina game and the Tampa Bay game. A game where the honestly, the, there's no reason why the Buccaneers shouldn't have won by ten minimum. Um, but they squeak a three point victory away. They've they're five and seven. They're Still somewhat alive. They're behind the six and six Falcons trying to get that number one spot in that division. Baker had a pretty decent game. Bryce Young, on the other hand, continues to just be terrible. And hopefully with some better coaching, maybe he can get back on track. But when you have Chuba Hubbard rushing the ball for 25, 25 times, you know, you're not that's not you're not gonna win games. Yeah, but Chuba Hubbard running the ball 25 times. Hell no. Jared, you got the last one of the uh, the, the uh, afternoon or the evening, uh, a blowout one, the Rams and the Browns. So I watched all 45 seconds of this game because, of course, I was watching the Eagles and the 49ers intensely. Um, Joe Flacco is more likely to be an ARP commercial to win a football game at this point. But also, shots of the Rams for like being a sneaky NFC team that could maybe sneak out a wild card spot. Good for them. Matty Stafford, Kyron Williams, Puka, just being fun. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to get mollywopped by anybody they play, but shit, they're a fun story. They're kind of like the uh, the Broncos of the NFC. That's a comparison. Yeah, they're, they're a sneaky team. They're a team that didn't have – they had a lot of draft picks, but they didn't really start drafting until round three. But they made the most of what they got picks-wise, and they're 6-6, six and six and they're staying in the game. They're trying to fight for one of those wild card spots, and they're a fun team to watch. Um, the last game that we haven't talked about is tonight's game: Jaguars Broncos. Jake Browning and Trevor Lawrence. Great transition. Um, you know, it's yeah, um, it's good. Anybody actually thinks this game's gonna be competitive needs to get their head checked. No. Pat McAfee did get a make a great point though. He goes, "Come on, you don't think the, the there's a good shot the Bengals can cover at minus ten? At plus ten, I'm like." I mean, honestly, it's Monday night. Why not, right? Um, God. <sighs> Brent, we talked about it for, for the 45 seconds this game needed. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – It's another barn burner. Fans out there like myself. 
Yeah. Um, all I'm going to say Second is, like, is this is where, like, the the Jags get a layup here. They better not screw this up. They need a – we're still a top tier in the AFC win because right now you've got Baltimore, you've got Miami, KC, and then sitting right around there is uh, the Jags. I mean, listen, they're the the AFC is a four as a balanced four prong attack of division winners. So I mean, somebody's got to win. It's, it's not like the NFC where like the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC South, and I'm in the damn division. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be just one of those games where you really want badly want to just wager every single penny that you have to your name on the Jaguars money line because there's just no way that the Bronco that the uh, Bengals are even going to remotely come close to making this a game but I have that fear in me that this could possibly be some sort of trap game which I highly doubt but it's just enough to just paranoia scare me until I just want to do anything with it. he's struggling this game he's glitching out it's okay. Sorry, hit we interrupted Matthew. Oh, he's back. Should be a game that <laughs> the Jaguars run away with. Like I said, they should. Dude, your internet died, <laughs> and you came back in an Autobot series of oh, he's frozen again. All right. Well, while Matt collects his thoughts here, um, uh, well, well, all right. We'll just wait until his connection resurfaces. I'm just gonna. Well, be he's trying to get the last. <laughs> All right, let's let his connection get back. Okay. All right. Up. Oh, I do. I see movement out of Matthew. Oh, look his his mic finally muted. There we go. Are are you alive, sir? Now it won't let me unmute his mic, motherfucker. I think he's okay. There it is. Am I okay? Yeah, you're you're delayed, but at least we hear sound now. You're good. <laughs> oh my god oh, I, I cannot wait till he moves into his house man because I swear his connection at his at his dad's is terrible alright um, Chris any chance Bengals win tonight no no yeah I don't either um, I think this game could get really fucking ugly um, I am probably going to have this game on in the background while my primary TV has Either the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special or National Ooh, watched, Christmas Vacation. I watched that last year. Nice. Guardians of the Galaxy um, was good. So we'll end the show on this. Um, is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? Oh, dude, I heard this the other day. Um, it is. It takes place December 23rd through December 25th. Okay, because that's like saying like Spider Man. Which Spider Man was it? The one was Spider Man Two, the Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, with yeah with Tony McGuire. Just like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, I yeah. Christmas is my favorite holiday by a mile. Like even more my like listen, my birthday is on a fucking holiday, and it's not even close. Christmas is my favorite. I put up a fucking tree with a solo cup star every year. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm 
Seth again. Dude, uh, it's gotten off. It, 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 Maddie, you're like you're talking like 45 minutes behind your sound, brother. <laughs> Type it in the chat. I'll say it for you. Yeah, we'll say it. For... Oh wait, no. Wait, say something now. Fuck. <laughs> something. <laughs> Damn. It's getting there. All right. Well, we'll obviously, I think on Thursday, we're going to talk when Matt's connection is better. We're going to talk about a lot more. We're going to start doing our Christmas extravaganzas. By the way, our Christmas show is December 21st. We're giving away a Nike gift card, $30. Each of the boys are putting 10 bucks for it. Ooh-wee. Second prize gets an autographed Chris uh, selfie. No, oh, you'll get, yeah. Dude, that's probably, that's worth a lot of money. Dude. It's worth millions of dollars. Um, oh, yeah. Third place gets Ghost Litter Box used. Yeah, used. I used it. And you know what the worst part is? I think Ghost still takes bigger shit than you. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. All right, yeah. So, by the way, December 21st, uh, we were doing the Corner Booth Christmas Party. Uh, a few special guests will be coming by. Uh, we're going to have a whole rotation. I love how I have to say I brought my cat taking shit in the litter box. We lost all of our viewers. Um, so, that being said, as we roll on out of here, uh, thanks to Brent watching us. Yeah, so, by the way, December 21st, 7 p.m., be there. We're giving away gift cards. It's going to be a fun time. Um, we're also going to have some great guests. But also, I'm hosting a great show in two, a week and a half, fellas. I am hosting the first um, corner uh, belly up college football super show in honor of bowl season kicking off next week. Uh, I will be joined by the likes of Kev from still getting the quad, our friend Jay Smith from Unfair Sports, Josh Mahler, the picking Titanic that he is, um, Mike Burlon from Craft Brew Sports, Kelsey from High Low, and Lou from the Captain Lou Ex- Extravaganza. It's going to be a fun time. I have the, I have to wrangle up these cast of characters. Um, I will be hosting. I will the the date will be announced in the next about forty eight hours or so, plus a guest list and a few other things. But yep, we have a bunch of good stuff coming in December. So um, I'll also announce our guest list for the Corner Booth Christmas Party the next few weeks as well. Uh, we will be live Thursday for another fun edition of the Corner Booth pregame, and of course. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week. Check us out on all social media as Chris and me and Matt attempt to make your social media experiences just a little better. For myself, Roy Kent, and Mr. Ordazzo, we'll catch you guys on Thursday. Enjoy your week. Go Birds. Shout out to our sponsors, Candidips, Mauler Bros, and SeatGeek, and of course, Belly Up Media. We'll catch you guys Thursday. Deuces! Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.